This is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, better known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here during this time of the show. If you have a take, barbecue or live fire grilling related or something of value to bring to the show and you want to touch base with me, here's how you get in touch. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. History of the show, about me, ways to partner with the show, my social media, subscribing to podcasts, all that stuff can be found at the main website. So hit it up as you have time, thebbqcentralshow.com. Here's what's coming up in this jam-packed show. In about 12 minutes from now, we will be joined by the person, the pitmaster, that finished second overall for Team of the Year this past year in KCBS points race fashion. I think if Travis Clark decided to not compete in 2017, he would have Well, not he would have. He would have been team of the year last year. But Travis Clark just happened to have the most prolific competition barbecue season known to man, or at least as record-keeping has shown to date. And so he was second place. Also, this past weekend, he was competing down in Orlando, Florida at the Sonny's Barbecue Invitational, where he picked up a reserve grand championship But we will be talking mostly about this thing. Maybe you've seen it making its way around social media, through the Facebooks, online presence as well. A lot of videos coming out with those that are included. Something called the National Barbecue League. National Barbecue League. NBBQL.com is their website. Not a lot going on there right now, but that's where the internet property is. NBBQL.com. That's standing for the National Barbecue League. What is it? Why did it come about? Who's involved? How do you get involved? I want to be in the National Barbecue League. How can I be in the National Barbecue League? All of that stuff we'll talk about with none other than the pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue, Tim Shear. He's been on the show a number of times, always a good guest, well-spoken, has a take, not afraid to share it. So I will be coming at him in a number of different ways, both as the guy asking questions about the competition stuff 
which will be brief on. And then definitely devil's advocate asking all the pointed questions as it relates to National Barbecue League and why he thought, as well as some others, that this is something that needed to play uh, needed to take place at this stage and this point in time. Then 35 past the hour, we'll be joined by a friend of the show. He is a barbecue and grilling or live fire food blogger. His website is Another Pint Please, and that is Mike Lang will be joining me. And very excited to uh, talk to Mike, see what he's up to. A lot of things going on as it relates to cold weather. Mike is kind of around the same region where I am. He's a little more south and west. I'm the very uh, top slash middle portion uh, right on Great Lake Erie in Cleveland. He's more in that Cincinnati area, so a little south, a little west of where I'm at. But anywhere in Ohio, pretty much, you're going to get that cold weather. So if you are suffering through the cold weather this year and you've often thought about, well, if I'm going to get out and grill, what should I do in the cold weather? Or are there tips that I need in order to really be efficient and maximize my abilities when I'm outside in the cold weather? Mike going to help us through that. And that'll wrap the first hour. Then we'll move into the second hour. And at 14 past the second hour, I will be joined by no less than two guests at the 14 past segment. They are co-hosts of a barbecue podcast out there that I am really becoming more and more of a regular listener to and a fan of. They sent me a t-shirt last week, hashtag Meatman. I've referenced them on the show a number of times here over the last handful of weeks. Look, it can easily turn into all competition all the time. I want to be the best. I want to crush everybody. And certainly being that competitive person, uh, there's a portion of me that feels that, right? I, I would be lying if I wasn't honest and transparent to you guys. However, there's a much bigger percentage of me that wants to foster anybody that seems to be down for the promotion and proliferation of barbecue and live fire cooking in general. So we'll be joined by the co-hosts or the hosts of Best Barbecue Show, Stover Harger and Yoni Levine. Yoni Levine, and we're going to talk to them about the show and the concept and how it came to be. And of course, they are very heavy on the Texas-based barbecue. They're in Austin. That's where the show originates from. They travel around the great state of Texas. So lots of barbecue for them to experience and then talk about slash do shows on. Very prolific in the social and the social media aspect as well on Instagram, especially at Best Barbecue. So check them out. So that'll be happening 14 past the second hour. And then helping me close the show, this is a subject I've been talking about the last handful of weeks, which is the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's convention. That's going to start next week in just a bit over a week's time. I will be in Fort Worth. Actually, the guys at Best Barbecue will be there as well, covering the event in their way. I'll be doing live shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So... To join me at 35 past the second hour, the CEO of NBBQA, Stuart Meyer, first-timer to the show, he will come on. We will talk about a uh, little on his background and what he's all about, how he became CEO of the National Barbecue and Grilling Association, and most importantly, what you can expect from an attendee's standpoint, and then perhaps more importantly, what they're looking to do as an organization in terms of growing and pushing that live fire cooking vision ahead. 
Maybe I'll ask the question, have we reached a pinnacle or a high watermark as it relates to the popularity of barbecue and grilling? Maybe that's a question I need to start asking everybody. We'll see. So that's your show lineup for tonight. Coming up next, Tim Shear, then Mike Lang, another pint, please. Then Stover Harger and Yoni Levine from Best Barbecue. And then closing out the show, Stuart Meyer, CEO of NBBQA. All right, I want to take this time right now before we get into the first break to mention and announce another brand new show sponsor. It was Traeger a couple weeks ago. This week, the Southside Market and Barbecue. Brand new sponsor of the show. I am pumped. Oldest barbecue joint in Texas. 1882. Founded in Elgin, Texas. Famous for the sausage, third generation of ownership. Now, their specialty is this beef sausage. If you've never had it before, it's really quite a great flavor. I guess if you're thinking beef sausage, I'm not going to say it's like a hamburger, but there's definitely a meat or beef quality to it that would give you an idea of hamburger. But very delicious, unique. That's their claim to fame. They also have Central Texas-style barbecue. Obviously, that's hugely popular these days. Here's what's different. A lot of the places you have to go to Texas to sample. Southside Market and Barbecue offer their selection of sausages and their barbecued meats, and they ship nationwide. So now you can get a taste of a real Central Texas barbecue from the oldest place in the state. And you don't have to leave your home or business. So that's great. They also have other sausage flavors like jalapeno cheddar, which I had a couple weeks ago. They sent me a cache of sausage and other great products to try out. Uh, They have the Polish sausage, the garlic sausage, many other flavors. Obviously, the beef sausage, of course. They have these sausage slammers, which kind of remind me of the atomic buffalo turds, but bigger. Three come to a pack. So you're going to want to... Check them out. Again, uh, they have two locations now. The first one was in Elgin, and the other one is in, and I hope I'm saying this right, Bastrop, Texas. That was opened uh, just over four years ago. And that's who I'm going to be doing this read on, by the way. So, let me tell you, attention anyone who loves sausage and barbecue. Let me talk to you about the Southside Market and Barbecue. What do you know about it? Well, you know I just told you that they were established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, it's a coarse ground, put in a natural pork casing. And they have the authentic Central Texas barbecue meats as well. All meats, including the prime brisket, slow smoked for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. That's key. They ship nationwide via the online store. Here's the website. Write it down, southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Don't have to go there. Shipping customers can choose to order now, ship later. You can also include a custom gift note. You can mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. So that's saving you cash. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. So you don't have to have these elaborate setups or reheat processes. 
By the way, they're shipped on dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All those directions there to help you have a great barbecue experience out of the dry ice. All meats processed in their on-site USDA-inspected facility right there. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are welcome. If you don't see something on their website, write them, call them, give them your ideas, pitch them your suggestions. They're going to work with you. There's two restaurants you can try out if you're going to be in Texas. Elgin, Texas, that's the flagship since 1882. Bass Drop, Texas, I had just mentioned, 2014. And they also have grocery grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. For instance, probably Oklahoma. That's a surrounding state. Once again, that website, southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. Dot com shipping nationwide, not only the sausages and that beef sausage. you got to try that if you're going to get it. But they're barbecued meats as well. The newest sponsor of the show, and I'm happy to have them aboard. Thanks to Nick and the gang out there. We'll be having somebody on from Southside here shortly to get a little history on that. Had them on a couple years ago, I guess. So very, very excited. All right, we are back with Tim Shear from Shake and Bake. Little recap of Sonny's and the National Barbecue League. Stick around, be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. I used rubs and grilling oils all weekend from Butcher's. You should try it, too. All their products have been tested in the competition circuit and in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. Again, that's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. All right, the National Barbecue League has come on the scene recently, and perhaps you've seen it across the Facebooks and other social media channels. Wonder, what is this all about? Well, let the segment serve as your reference point. Joining me, one of the creators of the National Barbecue League, also the pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue, runner-up team of the year in 2017. Let's go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline and welcome back the pitmaster of Shake and Bake and friend of the show, Tim Shear, joining me. Ruh-roh. Timmy. Tim? Hello? A lot of rings. Your call has been forwarded oh. to an automatic voice what? message system. Five, seven, Hello. Three. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hmm. Weird. You know, again, I pride myself on the professionalism and the being able to contact and all that stuff. You do the big talk up, and then all of a sudden you go and you know you you got nothing. You got nothing. Shear's not around. I'm trying them right back here. 
on the agenda, if I might add. Hmm, let's see. Message system. Oh, five, dear. Seven, three, five, seven, nine, zero, seven, five, two is not available. I'm going to have to leave a message. Tone, please record your message. I got, I got a message. When you have finished it. recording, you may hang up or press one for Maybe more throwing options. Arts. Hey, Tim, this is Greg from Barbecue Central Show, 914 Eastern Standard Time for our scheduled segment. I will try you back here in uh, just a little bit. Thank you. You know, at this stage of the game, when you're on the clock, as we call it in the industry, when you're on the clock, you're counting against your own time now. So this is something that we want to cover. But we got no tip. So what can I tell you? We will muddle on here. Let me get back to my show setup so I can get to the extra stuff that I have planned. You know, I do do I do due diligence for this show. Just in case something tragic like this. By the way, a little disappointing because I was very excited to talk about this uh, National Barbecue League, of course. I got an email from Stephen Couch over the past week. Said, Greg, I've been listening to the show for a year or so now through iTunes. And... Very occasionally, I catch a bit of the live stream, but I never miss an episode. I just wanted to drop you a note and let you know that I thought your interview with Aaron Franklin that you had a couple weeks ago was outstanding. Since the fire last year, I've been hoping that you would get him on the show to discuss it, and you delivered. Keep up the great work, Steve Couch. Steve, thanks for writing in, buddy. Appreciate you giving me that feedback, Steve. Let me tell you, the... Interview from Aaron Franklin was not something that was easy to line up. I think, as we all know, we had talked about that fire that had happened in August of last year, end of August or whatever it was. And uh, when Aaron was on this show and we were talking about you got aroused. <clears throat> Hold on a second here, everybody. Aroused. You were roused from your slumber by the phone call. Awoken, perhaps, is a better word that won't be taken out of context. Maybe. I don't know. When you were awoke by the phone that said, hey, your restaurant's on fire and you were driving there, were you concerned or how were you building up in your mind? And then when you eventually pulled in, how did it meet, exceed, or come in below what your expectation was? And he said, well... It was never a surprise to me, or I was kind of always expecting, given the way we run the operation. You have a pit room, it's hot, there's a lot of smokers. That he had anticipated that it was going to be a fire at some point. But I don't think he, as he had said, thought it was going to be of such magnitude where they were going to be down that long and they were going to go through such an extensive rebuild and... Months and months later, uh, right before Thanksgiving, maybe a day before Thanksgiving, they reopen and boom, there you go. They're all back off and running. The lines are still there. The demand for the product is still there. But uh, I agree. Aaron Franklin came off very well, did a great interview, as always. Second time on the show. We covered a lot of ground, uh, asked a lot of questions on varying topics, so... If you missed it, you can go back into the archives. It's not too far away. 
and you can check it out for yourself and you can always drop me a line after the fact and let me know that it was a good interview. It was a bad interview. You didn't ask this question or that uh, question. Tim Shear is still not available. That's all right. If you were wondering to yourself, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a full-fledged barbecue and grilling guy I, or gal. I really like eating this barbecued food. It's March now, you know, so I'm well off of any resolution that I had to lose. Screw that. I'm not going to do it. I resolved to not resolve. My resolution was no resolution. Good for you. You were able to stick to that. But you're thinking to yourself now, you know, three months later, maybe I need to rein it back in or I've been eating an extraordinary amount of brisket. And what am I going to do? Is brisket healthy for me? Well, you know, there's been an ongoing debate about how healthy or unhealthy red meat is. I think it was last week we had one of the embedded correspondents come in and talk about his uh, keto diet and what was allowed, what wasn't allowed, all this good stuff. So there always seems to be some kind of idea of what's allowed and what isn't, okay? Well, I'm here to help you help yourself. Because according to simplemost.com, brisket may actually be healthier than previously thought. Great news, everybody. Biting into a thick and juicy piece of meat isn't always the best for your cholesterol levels. But as we know, or maybe you didn't know, and I'm about to educate you, there's good and bad kind of cholesterols. While we know that eating red meat can increase our levels of bad cholesterol, or LDL, according to recent findings, beef brisket, the cut of meat that comes from the breast slash lower chest area of the cow, may help raise the good levels of cholesterol. So, the next time you're craving a juicy burger, you may want to ensure it's made from brisket. And I know a lot of you people out there, look, if you go onto that uh, National Barbecue League Facebook page, they just put up a really lengthy, not really lengthy, but a fairly in-depth, that's a better way to say, a fairly in-depth, brisket trimming process that current KCBS team of the year, and by the way, guy who shows up for this show, Travis Clark, <clears throat> no names please, runner up, and what kind of a trimming process he goes through, and he has this just beautiful Snake River Farms Wagyu brisket, and when you start seeing him trim that it's probably 16, 18 pounds, whole packer. By the time he gets done with it, I mean, he separates out the point in the flat, and then he takes that flat and basically puts it into a rectangle of sorts. Again, competition, right? But he is very methodical on the trimming process and what kind of fat he's taking off. But he's not just trimming off the fat. I mean, he's taking off a lot of, I guess, what we would term edible meat off that brisket flat because he needs to have it sized in advance to how that box is going to be. 
or at least for him, it's easier because he has the experience, easier to get it box shaped prior to the cook and then he's ready to go from an efficiency standpoint. Maybe that comes with experience. But as you are watching him trim this brisket, you're like, oh, that's a lot of meat right there. Oh, that's a lot of meat right there. And quickly you realize what you saw in the beginning is kind of a shadow of itself by the time he's done with it. So a lot of these guys keep those trimmings and put them on ice, bring them back home, and they go immediately into the grinder for burgers or maybe sausage or you know whatever they're going to use it for. Ground beef, Wagyu brisket, meat tacos. So make sure this burger that you're going to be, uh, or make sure that you are asking if you're at a burger restaurant made out of brisket. Plus, a lot of places like to use brisket in their burgers. Not all brisket, a lot of chuck, brisket, and short rib mix. That's what they have at B-Spot, Michael Simon's restaurant. But according to Texas A&M AgriLife research scientist Dr. Stephen Smith, there are high levels of oleic acid in brisket meat that may help increase levels of HDL, the good kind of cholesterol. Oleic acid is found in other good fats like olive oil. As Smith told Food Wine in a quote, brisket has higher oleic acid than flank or plate, which are the trims typically used to produce ground beef, he said, adding that Americans consume over 50% of their beef as ground beef. SF Gate also reports that both mayoclinic.com and beefnutrition.org report that the USDA categorizes a flat cut of brisket as a lean cut of beef. A single serving of a flat cut of brisket also provides a variety of essential nutrients. If you're more likely to choose ground beef over a cut of meat like brisket, you may want to experiment with some brisket recipes. Or better yet, in the advice that you get from a lot of other people here on this show, go to your butcher, ask them for suggestions on what you could do with that beef. Or... Take that brisket and have your butcher grind it into ground beef. Now you can have a healthier version of a burger. If Americans are consuming 50% of their beef as ground beef and brisket quite possibly is going to help increase the HDLs, which is the good, because of the oleic acid or oleic acid or however the hell you say it, the good acid. Why not keep your brisket trimmings? Go invest in a great grinder at Amazon.com. Visit my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And at the very top, click the Amazon link and then buy your grinder through there. They sell everything on Amazon. Everything is there. A lot of times at great prices. So don't shy away from eating brisket, number one. And perhaps 1B if not shying away from eating a lot of brisket is 1A, 1B, is make sure that you tell your friends, you heard it here on this show, that brisket might actually be healthier than previously thought, which means previously it was thought to be kind of healthy right off the bat. So don't let them poo-poo you on this brisket or this whole barbecue thing or anything like that. You don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We don't need to be told we're not doing the right thing or we're unhealthy. Look, we get we're unhealthy, all right? 
We know it. But it's not all unhealthy. Brisket, raising the HDLs, the high-density lipoproteins. Of course, then there's this. The man who started a barbecue in the living room because he wanted a sausage. Add one drunk and a hungry person to one disposable barbecue in his sister's living room with a dash of lighter fluid. And what do you get? Jail time. Of course. This past summer, Darius Grabaski of Penfield let his craving for sausage get the better of him. Grabaski, originally from Poland, started a fire in his sister's living room by lighting a disposable barbecue in an attempt to cook some sausage. You know, my initial question is, why is the reporting... The report... Who? Odie.com? Why is this website reporting that he's originally from Poland? Who cares? Who cares from Poland? Or Czechoslovakia? Or Tennessee? Doesn't matter. The guy obviously has a penchant for sausage. When the mood strikes him, he's walking around the general vicinity with one of those instant light-up grills. In case the instant light-up grill doesn't work, he has a secret stash of lighter fluid. Who doesn't? He just happens to be in the living room. Hey, Darius... Take that out onto the porch. Uh, no, no. I'm going to eat it. I'm, I'm going to light up right here in the living room, sis. Back up off me. About ready to get my sausage eating on. Not safe. The 28-year-old was staying at her sister's house, waited until she left for work to start barbecuing. To help fuel the fire, he ripped three... That's right, three internal doors off their hinges, tore up floorboards at the house, and disabled smoke alarms, smart, so neighbors wouldn't know what he's doing. Sneaky. Grabaski filled, I'm sorry, fled the home after burning a large hole in the floor of the living room. But police caught up with the wiener cooker not too far from the scene. Of the fiery crime, he was jailed for three years after pleading guilty to arson. Either that was some great kielbasa or extremely potent alcohol. Like, how drunk are you where lighting the grill in your sister's house? This isn't even your house. You're visiting your sister. You get a hankering. You're really into sausage. I mean, I get it. Newest sponsor of the show is Southside Market and Barbecue. They have great sausage. I don't know if the whole thing. In a couple weeks, my whole family, the oldest daughter, the middle daughter, youngest daughter, wife, all going to Indianapolis for a volleyball weekend that I am not going to be able to attend. I will be home alone. I will. I will not. Be lighting up a barbecue. Andrew, you are not the fire. That's right. So I will not. Andrew, 
You are not the heart. No. no matter how much, well, I better not say that. It's going to take a tremendous amount of alcohol for me to decide that the best option at whatever point I get to is to light up a instant light portable grill, rip out the floorboards and three doors in my house and get to queuing. Let's do this. Self, we're going to get some sausage. We're going to get some grills. I'm going to rip off doors and floorboards, and we are going to get to cooking. It's going to be delish. Hopefully, I also die later that evening because who in the hell is going to explain to the wife and kids why the floorboards downstairs are missing and all of the doors? I tell you with 100% assurity, I am not going to do that. Andrew, you are not the father. Have you seen that YouTube click? People always ask me, where'd you get that drop? Or what's the context of that drop? Andrew, you are not the father. If you go on YouTube and just search Maury Povich, Andrew, you are not, it comes up. Because that's what Maury eventually turned into was the paternity test guy. And it's a classic clip because this lady is so geared up to the fact that this guy has fathered her child or what she considers to be their child. But then the paternity test says, no, he's hopping around like he just got a free Ferrari from Santa Claus on Christmas. Meanwhile... This lady has no idea who the dad is. And the sad part is, the kid has no idea who the dad is either. Welcome to hard life, kid. Andrew is not your father, no matter what mom told you. All right, folks, Mike Lane coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack, manufacturers of smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on these social media haunts, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get it fight, get it fight, or get advice, and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue form. They still have one of those. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers, the choice of champs, because they were designed by a champion and a guest last week. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin, getting ready to do that desert driving. The FEC 100 and the PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 doubles as a smoker and a grill. Slow and low, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you could cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being the top priority. Get the best in barbecue. Since 1962, call 800 463, I'm sorry, 800 423 0698. 
That's 800-423-0698. Or again, visit the website, cookshack.com. Another pint, please? Well, certainly. Out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. If you would rather, you can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well little fledgling website called Amazon. Might want to check it out. Use my link on my website, thebbqcentralshow.com, cookingpellets.com. Download their free app, too. Why not? All right, my next guest is one of the most respected and revered live fire bloggers out there today. Doing quite a bit of work with folks at Weber. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome the creator of another pint, please friend of the show. Mike Lang joins me. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Greg. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Mike. Always appreciate you making time for the show here. So um, I guess before we get into uh, the, the meat of the subject, if we will, um, for the folks that maybe haven't uh, been to your website in a little while or they just might be getting introduced to you because they just found my show this evening, so lucky both of us, uh, just a, a really quick background about you and how you got into APP. Yeah, APP, believe it or not, it's been around for about 10 years now. It's kind of my home for backyard grilling by just simply grilling and photographing what I do. And that managed to steamroll sort of into a second career for me, where I'm the uh, grillographer for Weber Grills, where I create a lot of their online content uh, globally for their social channels, including photographs, uh, writing, and videos. So if you like grilling a little bit off the beaten track, you like beer, look me up. And in real life, you're a law enforcement officer, correct? Yeah, I've been a cop now uh, for 22 years with retirement kind of knocking on my door. So uh, that is true. All right. Let's get that going. Get you off the street. Um, (laughs) Not going to complain. So like how, I mean, can you compare and contrast at all between like the the passion that you get to do with all the grilling and stuff like that? And then... uh, Uh, You know, being a police officer has to be kind of a calling. It's something within you. It's not like you're just like, eh, sales sounds kind of lame and I don't want to be this or that. Uh, I guess I'll try being a police officer. That's, you know, either you have a family of uh, or a history of that or, you know, there's kind of like that calling. How did it come for you? Yeah, no, I think uh, just one of those things where it kind of calls to you one day. We all have, I think, in ourselves a desire to serve our communities and what we do in some way or fashion. And for me, law enforcement was that avenue. And I've always been a passionate person, and I'm passionate about my job uh, and what I do for uh, those around me. But I'm also passionate, too, when I come home. So those two kind of have worked uh, parallel lives, so to speak. Mike Lang joining me here on the show. Another pint, please.com is the website. Also on the Twitter, at another pint, PLS, if I'm saying that correctly. So uh, another point, please, would uh, signify that perhaps you might like a beer 
here or there that you might kind of be a beer expert. So how much beer do you use in recipes? Do you try and find ways to use it or is just another pint please kind of a, a fun name that you kind of grew around with? Yeah, you know, a little bit of both. Actually, it was a trip to England where that was kind of my catchphrase. Uh, another pint, please, was the one thing I was going to utter the most when we were overseas. Uh-huh. And that stuck for the blog. The blog transferred from a travel blog into what it is today. But most certainly when I'm grilling, beer is always involved, more often than not, probably, you know, in my hand. Uh, but also, you know, it's great to cook with. Uh, and I kind of much go by the, the mantra that if there's some sort of a liquid called for in a recipe, whether it be a chili, a stew, a barbecue sauce, you know, get rid of the water component, add some more flavor, and use beer in its place. Do you have a favorite kind of beer right now? When I peruse the beer market, well, certainly you have uh, what I feel like beer has really seen kind of that popularity of barbecue that was experienced maybe you know five or six years ago, where you have a lot of people doing home brewing or they're really into the nano brew and micro brew or craft brew really exploded. Um, And I've seen a lot of this double and triple and 50 times hopped IPA Mm. stuff. So not 50, but at least 30 times. So like, what's your favorite (laughs) kind of uh, beer? And maybe like, what's, what's like the Pinot of beer right now? Like when Pinot was mentioned in that movie, it went nuts. I think a little overblown. Is there some of that happening too? Oh, yeah. I mean, and to give you a little background, you know, I was a home brewer originally uh-huh. over uh, 10, 12 years ago, and we brewed out of the necessity for great beer. But now, you know, I'm here in Dayton in southwest Ohio, and the number of local craft breweries that we can drive to within minutes is phenomenal. I know you being up in the north part of in Ohio as well in Cleveland is the same thing. Yeah. So I really I don't brew as much anymore because it took a lot of time. And why brew? And I can go three minutes down the road and get some good beer. Um, you know, and speaking of which. Behind me, I had a few things on hand, of course. Nice tape. Um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, still, you know, uh, big IPAs are a big thing. In fact, uh, Sam Adams has a new New England IPA hitting the shelves in April, uh, which is this hazy kind of juicy IPA. But when it comes down to this time of year, uh, to me, Hop Slam is still a, a favorite uh, double IPA of mine. And probably what sets it apart is it's with, got honey in it, and it's very sweet, well-balanced. Mm. If you did not know the ABV was was 10%, uh, it would it would sneak up on you. And when I first had it, probably about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, it um, it did for the record. But on the other end of the scale, too, uh, things like um, you know Evil Twin. If you happen to love mm-hmm. donuts and you love an Imperial Stout, I highly recommend their Imperial Donut Break. That's kind of like um, – it's a big stout, but it's also infused with bits of biscotti and almonds. Uh, it's that porter kick. It's a big beer. It's kind of a dessert beer, uh, but it's incredibly interesting, and it's one you can work on over the course of you know 45 minutes to an hour, uh, and I find it absolutely fantastic. Southern Cheer – has this new barrel-aged uh, house series coming out. And this is their Manhattan. And if you happen to like a Manhattan uh, with a little bit of uh, rye bourbon, yeah. uh, this has been aged in bourbon barrels, a little bits of wow. cherry and an orange. Again, I know they're all big beers, but uh, it's <laughs> it's really good. Share it with a friend. Once again, take my advice. What's, and the, then here what's the, the ABV on that one? That one's 15%. Holy moly. Yeah, it's it's one for a, a good friend um, and probably Uber. Uh to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Warp Wing, our local, one of our big local breweries here in Dayton. This is called Koyakon. And if you've ever had Mezcal before, which is fermented from agave, uh, this is actually um, a, a Belgian triple aged in Mezcal barrels. Mm. And Mezcal is this funky, smoky taste to it that uh, basically it, it 
it's something to do taste to have it. It's an acquired taste. I happen to have weird taste buds, so mm-hmm. it hits mine, not everybody's, uh, but definitely it's something different, and I find it fantastic. All right, so uh, are these beers that you would ever consider putting in recipes, or these are just something that you would drink along with a meal? No, absolutely. Um, especially uh, the Manhattan and the Donut Break. I mean, talk about a great uh, infusion into a barbecue sauce. Mm. I, I love to grill chili. You know, usually once every two weeks, I'm going to make chili, put it in a cast iron uh, Dutch oven, put it on the kettle, maybe a little bit of cherry wood or appwood on the grate, and then whatever liquid I'm going to use in the chili is going to be beer. Hmm. Uh, typically, it's going to be either a stout uh, or maybe a, a darker lager like a dunkel, uh, but something that's going to add flavor and kind of kick it up a notch uh, versus simply adding water to uh, you know add some fluid to what you're cooking. Mike Lang joining me from Another Pint Please, anotherpintplease.com, the website if you want to check it out. Uh, Mike, obviously, we're kind of in the teeth of winter here. This one has been a little worse than the last uh, two, at least, uh, where they were a little bit more mild. So when it comes to cold weather grilling, and obviously this is something you're doing all the time, you're probably answering a lot of questions as well, not only from people around here, but through the website. Uh, Your tips on cold weather grilling, things you should do, things you should be aware of uh, so we can be efficient out there. Well, most importantly, when it snows, you want to shovel a path to the grill first. Yeah, the driveway would be nice, the mailbox, fantastic, but the most important thing is making sure the grill has a, a straight path to it. Mm. You know, I, ironically, I did a, a video for Weber called Priorities a couple of years ago. Uh, it's played every year. It's a dramatic piece about basically shoveling a path and you realize it goes to the grill. And invariably, someone always says, we'll move the grill closer to the house. We don't always, always have that luxury. So if you have it further away, make sure you know, you're wearing a jacket, plan your trips, deploy a wireless thermometer. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I'm doing work for Weber. Weber has iGrill. But whatever your thermometer choice is, use that to help minimize your traction outside. Extra fuel. You know, this time of year, you're going to probably burning more fuel to make up for the temperature loss outside, especially going low and slow, you know, plan on a longer cook. Watch the wind. If you guys are out there smoking, Mm. you know full well that you've got to watch that wind to help reduce that temperature being yanked off the grill. Uh, I like to do bigger things this time of year. So talking about roast chickens, turkeys, it's great to go outside for something fast, but if I want to minimize my trips to the grill, I say kind of go big, then use that thermometer to track things. Of course, the nice thing is if you're going to do steaks or chops or kebabs or whatever, uh, this time of year, the outdoor is also your refrigerator. So you can leave those proteins outside. And you know my beer is probably going to be outside as well, too, because of nice, steady temperature. Uh, But the kicker is simply just maintaining the number of times you're outside, have enough light as that winter sun goes down quickly, and dress for the occasion. I remember Stephen Reichlin, when I had asked him, said, oh, by the way, never forget the fact that when the grill's on, it's still hot. Don't ever fall victim to thinking that it's cold outside and just put your hand on top of the grill because it's cold. You don't realize <laughs> that that grill is 600 degrees. You could burn your hand, too. So, you know, oh, yeah. safety, right? It, safety is what it is. And you know what, too, this time of year, I'm always like, you know, clean the grill that night you're done with it. Get rid of the drip pan, clean out the charcoal ash, clean off the grates, because number one, it's going to be a pain to do it when you want to grill again. But take advantage of that residual heat uh, and make it work in your advantage. When we talk about grilling or cooking outside, I mean, we can certainly talk about a whole bunch of standard fare, but what about things that are a little bit more non-traditional that you're putting on the grill recently that you're really digging? Yeah, it's funny. One I was going to do tonight and didn't get the ingredients for it, but most recently I grilled lobster poutine. And if you're a Canadian, um, you know what poutine is well. I didn't realize it was a Canadian dish until recently. What? 
Yeah, I uh, well, you're closer to the border than I am, granted by only a couple hundred miles, but <laughs> a couple of local places have poutine. I was intrigued by it, looked it up, and realized, bas- uh, for the uninformed, basically, it's um, it's French fries with a brown gravy topped with cheese curds. And if I didn't have you at least a brown gravy, uh, the cheese curd is going to push you over the top. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's fantastic. You have a few beers, and it's 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 a great just, you know fill in the rib sort of dish. But in essence, to kind of kick it up a notch, uh, what I did is I grilled lobster tails. I made a lobster gravy. Worked with the roux. Uh, worked in some lobster stock, and then for the potatoes, instead of frying them actually grilled them, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, if, if you parboil the potatoes and then introduce them to the heat, you can still get a nice, uh, crispy exterior, soft inside. And of course, add in that gravy, some cheese mm. curds and the lobster, and you have a meal in the making. Wow. Lobster poutine. Is there a, the recipe on your website for that? Yeah. The recipe is on anotherpintplease.com. All right. Uh, so how many times did you have to work that recipe in order to get it right? Uh, three times for the potatoes. The potatoes were the biggest part of it. Lobster really? tails are a piece of cake, uh, but the potatoes just to get them right. Uh, yeah, it took me three times to do it. Are you a totally gold satisfied. potato guy or an Idaho or a red? Like what works best? Uh, for those russets, um, I mean, usually if I'm doing something more on the mash side, I'm going to go towards Yukon golds, but uh, for this russets work out really, really well. All right. Um, what about, you had mentioned something about it, like a planked meatball or something along those lines as well. Something yeah. A yeah outside in the fact, box? In fact, on Instagram, uh, which, you know, if you're not on Instagram and you're grilling and barbecuing, you're missing out. No doubt. Because the the community there and the exuberance for what we do is phenomenal. And I saw someone just the other day that actually had planked meatballs with a different riff on it. But in essence, right, uh, take meatballs. I don't care if it's a late night. You grab them pre-made at the store. You make them yourself. You know, get a, a plank, cedar, what have you. Soak it. Put the meatballs on it. Add some marinara sauce. Grill it direct. Uh, forget my timing. Probably about 30 minutes or so. Um, and then either put it with pasta or have it as it is. But that marinara sauce on there and the meatballs and the infusion of that wood that's smoldering on the grill. It's it's fantastic. I was kind of blown away by it, and it's I highly recommend it. So, are you adding additional wood on top of what you're getting from the plank, or is the plank smoke enough to infuse? The plank is enough. You know, for a shorter cook like that, you know, go all in, put it direct. Even if you don't soak it, you got to keep more of an eye on it. But get it on there. You want that wood to catch fire, to smolder, to infuse that meat, and it's it's a fantastic way of cooking so many different things. Even things you normally wouldn't plank, think about planking simply to add flavor to what you're doing. So are the meatballs like bigger than normal, not like hardball size, but, you know, bigger than what you would get at uh, at a uh, traditional Italian restaurant? Yeah, about inch and a quarter for me. I want to be able to fit enough on them so I can have leftovers later on. But, uh, yeah. Mike Lang joining me here on the show. Quick question before I let you go. What's your favorite way to grill steak? Uh, I just like, you know, ribeye, an inch and a half, two inches, two inches, flip, or two inches, Jesus, late, <laughs> two, minute, two, two minutes, two minutes, flip, two minutes, two minutes, uh, to 125, take it off and rest. Uh, do you use any type of, uh, uh, what are they called, reverse sear or sous vide or anything like that, or just the, the traditional way works best for you? I can employ both. I just like just, uh, you know, a very fast, very hot cook. 
I always say salt and pepper in a third. What, paprika, ancho chili powder, garlic, whatever it is. I want that meat flavor to come through. I want that fire hot, the grill marks to stand out. And to me, that's my absolute favorite thing. Get the lobster poutine recipe over at Another Pint Please. Again, the website, anotherpintplease.com. It's Mike Lang. Mike, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Greg, thanks so much. I always appreciate it, man. You got it. There he is, Mike Lang. Right there. No doubt about it. That's Mike. All guests appear Lobster via the poutine. Trader Grills hotline. Yummy. Doubt. You know what else is yummy? Lobster poutine. <laughs> I will be going to uh, another pint, please, a little bit later this evening and pulling that recipe and trying that next week. I'll be heading to Louisville this coming weekend for volleyball. Uh, right now, why don't you take time to head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com, your number one source for all things barbecue, their curated selection of the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa's has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. They are known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, one of my favorites, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition scene and in the backyard. They also offer 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for the family, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. Now, if you're looking to step up the competition barbecue recipe, might I submit to you to try the West Coast Offense. That's right. That implores the use of simply marvelous barbecue rubs as well. That's known as the West Coast Offense. They've pretty much cornered the market on competitive barbecue, in case you didn't know about that. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for an easy-to-use cooker, check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's is the exclusive Mac dealer and even offers special packages. Nobody else doing that. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. How about the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on a competition trailer? If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me, you're looking for a durable, versatile grill that's going to last forever, maybe even three evers. The M Grill from Texas, just what you need. Not sure what grill you need. I get it. You really can't go wrong with any of the grills over at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook. It's clear that Big Papa's the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website, been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. Call them toll-free at 877 877- Eight two eight zero seven two seven. That's eight seven seven eight two eight zero seven two seven. Make sure you tell them I sent you. Or shop their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. Come on now. Let's get it. All right, we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Stick around. Be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Thanks again to Mike Lang from Another Pint Please. Anotherpintplease.com. John Dawson weighing in IPA, the blues hog of craft beers. <laughs> Folks, I just got my hands on a picture that I don't want to get too far into it now. I'm going to save it for the top of the second hour. But I'm just going to tell you that I have literally just received a picture that is going to shake the very foundations of the meat market industry as we know it. This picture... uh, is sure to inspire to get conversation started and to keep a grassroots movement roots grassroots movement afoot. I'm going to share that with you top of the second hour. Again, if you want the recipes for what Mike was talking about, visit another pint, please. You have the lobster poutine. Mike, you didn't know that poutine was a Canadian-born dish? Come on. I don't know anything and I knew that. Maybe he's never been to Canada. You go to Canada, you go to Burger King or anywhere, poutine is there. It's like water. America has water. Canada has poutine. Right, Kinger? That's like the official drink of Canada. Poutine. Cheese curds, gravy, taters. Complete meal from start to finish. Throw in some lobster-based gravy with lobster meat. Russet taters, smoke, live fire, lobster poutine. Also, planked meatballs. Check that out. Again, anotherpintplease.com. All right, we will reload here for the second hour. Don't forget, coming up, we have Stover Harger and Yoni Levine from Best Barbecue. Going to be talking about their show. And closing out the show will be NBBQA CEO Stuart Meyer. We have the impending big barbecue convention next week. If you're going to be in the Fort Worth area, I will be there doing live shows from the stockyards Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 3 local. It will broadcast live on my audio stream, which you can get right on my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. It will also be appearing live on the Facebooks. So... Set your reminders. I'll get a schedule of who I have lined up already. Hoping to get that done by the end of the week. Oh, oh. Yeah, hoping to get that done by the end of the week. And then if I have backouts or anything like that, we'll get it readjusted. But I have a pretty good solid list Thursday through Saturday. Other people trying to contact me to line everything else up otherwise. So... Stay tuned for that. Stick around for the second hour. We'll be right back.
happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet wiener. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome. This is the Barbecue Central Show. In this show, we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. If you have missed the first hour, hey, sometimes things come up. I'm not happy about it. I got to be honest. However, you can go ahead and subscribe to this show via the podcast on any number of podcast platforms. For instance, maybe you're like a lot of other people that fancy themselves on the iTunes or the iPhones. Hi, this is Scott. Scott, I'm right in the middle of talking about something. What are you doing? Jeez, Scott, can't help yourself. Maybe you like talking on your iPhone. Do you realize how many people own iPhones or smartphones in general? They have no idea how to use these things at all. I mean, what are you doing? How do you find podcasts on this phone? What? Do you see the icon that says podcast? Click that. Then search the BBQ Central. Actually, the BBQ should be enough. To get that return back for the show, once you find it, hit subscribe. Then you never have to miss another show. Not only can you make time at your convenience to consume the show however you see fit. Maybe you want to only listen to 30 minutes on the way into work. Okay, fine by me. Maybe you only want to listen to 10 minutes or maybe... You listen to the show all the way through from start to finish in one swoop, but you were inspired so much by one guest that you have to go back and listen to that segment again. Happens all the time. When you subscribe through podcast, you have the opportunity to consume at convenience. That's what makes podcasting so popular. That's what continues to grow the podcast market. Is There is some great content that is being produced week in, week out, or Whatever the frequency is, some guys are doing it every single day of the week. I don't know if I could do a podcast on barbecue every single day of the week. I guess I could. But not two hours a day, seven days a week. But there's other podcasts out there like uh, Entrepreneur on Fire with Johnny Lee Dumas, who does seven podcasts a week. But they're like 25 minutes. Same thing over and over again. 
But my man is making millions and millions of dollars, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. So we love this platform. So subscribe it through podcast on iTunes, through Google Music on your Android platforms. Or if you have to get a third party device, just search podcast catcher or whatever. And eventually you will be done and ready to go. Then you never have to worry about it. It's just delivered right to your phone as new stuff is entered into the feed. Quick email from John Dawson, and we'll get on to my other takes here in the second hour. Entitled Poutine, Poutine is the key to a healthy Canadian, low-carb, high-poutine diet. (laughs) High-poutine diet. Not high-protein, high-poutine. John will be here all week if you are... uh, Okay, that's enough. That's enough. I want to encourage him too much. Mm. Got a uh, email from Tim at uh, Shake and Bake. It says, Greg, I apologize for missing the call. I ran over with Chad. Didn't realize it. Didn't mean to screw up your show. Chad who? Who's Chad? Tim, you're talking to me like I know a Chad. I don't know a Chad. Okay? We schedule a time to come on my show. You make time to come on my show. You do my show. This is the Varsity Show, Tim. This is the Varsity Show. I don't get run over. I run over. This is the show, Tim. Gotta be kidding me. And who's Chad? I don't know Chad. I'm a big karma guy, Tim. You know the rules. You show up and do the show. You win the next time you compete. You screw me for some guy named Chad. You probably never win again. It's just the way the karma works. I don't know what to say. Tim, if that's your real name. All right. Here's something we need to follow up on. By the way, the picture, I'm not going to be able to get the picture up without letting the cat out of the bag in advance. So that's going to have to wait till next week, which is fine. I got a lot to get to. But I'm telling you right now, this picture is life changing on a variety of different ways or in a variety of different ways. This point bears Bringing up, this is a follow-up story. You would recall that if you listened to the show last week, I did a story about KFC making a call to people out there who really love their gravy to start using it in cocktails. Imbibe cocktails with gravy. As in, go to KFC, order a large gravy. You know, um, hold on. Excuse me, uh, can I have a large gravy to go? Did you, did you say you're on a large gravy to go, ma'am? That's right, a large a large gravy to go. Do you, do you want any chicken with that? Uh, no, no chicken. 
Uh, I'm going to take this large gravy and make cocktails with it, with my liquor. Uh, I'm sorry, did you say you were going to make uh, cocktails with the gravy? Yeah, that's right. I was just listening to the Barbecue Central show earlier in the week, and they said that I need to come and get gravy to make cocktails. It's good enough to drink, and now I'm going to mix bourbon and gravy and seltzer water with a splash of maraschino cherry garnished with lime for my gravy Manhattan. Uh, ma'am, are you punking me or, or something like this? I, th- this is a joke, right? Is this epic meal time? No, this is not epic meal time. I'm not making 100 million calorie meals. I just want my gravy cocktails. Please? Is that possible? That'll be 750. Please pull around the second window. That's what I'm talking about. Remember that? Go out, drink your gravy. You fat people. Well, there's a little update to this story that I have to tell you about. Thanks to John Dawson. I'm not kidding. According to Fox5NewYork.com, KFC now running out of gravy. (laughs) Just to show you the reach of this show, I tell you a story about folks... Let's get to the local KFC and get our gravy because it's time to start drinking it in cocktails. You go out in droves and gravy is on the shortage. First it was chicken. Now there's a gravy shortage at KFC locations across certain countries. Some restaurants are serving a limited menu, with many not serving gravy at all. Why? Because everybody bought it. It's in their refrigerators, and they're making cocktail-based Manhattans, Old Fashions, and margaritas, for that matter. Splash a triple sec, three ounces of gravy, topped with seltzer, and away we go. Suppliers being told to bypass a new system which has caused a gravy shortage I call poppycock. I think people are drinking too much gravy. This could be one of the most bizarre follow-up stories within a week of a news cycle that has ever happened. A week ago, I'm telling you, go to KFC, pick up a large gravy, and start making cocktails, and no less a week later... We are quickly running out of gravy from a corporate standpoint, according to KFC. Oh, dear. Thank you, John, for the follow-up on that. That is much appreciated. All right, the dudes from Best Barbecue coming up out of the break. I want to talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. You know, the guru has always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun, and it can be, especially with what? The Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. Now, what is that, you might ask? Well, glad you asked me that. Let me tell you. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. 
Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals every single time. Points of note, please. If you have an existing Barbecue Guru temperature controller and you buy the monolith, you don't have to get a new controller. The fan is already built into the cooker. All you have to do is hook up the controller to the fan and away you go now. If you want to upgrade the technology, maybe you have an older unit, whatever the case may be, no problem. Get the CyberQ Cloud Controller. Now you're connected wherever you go. Like me, if you started your Barbecue Guru Monolith Grill next Thursday and then caught a plane to Fort Worth, you can check the progress of your whole cook. You can make temperature adjustments, monitor the internal temperatures of the meat, all through the CyberQ Cloud. Love it. But again, if you have a controller, you don't need to buy one. It's all ready to go. If you have any questions, you call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they will make sure that you are outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Come on now. Doesn't get any better than that. All right. We are going to step away. And when we come back, we will have the hosts of Best Barbecue, Stover Harger and Yoni Levine coming up. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe Right, welcome back. Champion Pitmasters are winning with Smithfield. You can too. Commit to cooking with Smithfield this 2018 barbecue season, and you will receive smoking swag just for participating. Only a few requirements. Sign up and pay a small shipping fee of 25 bucks, and you have to be a member of one of the barbecue sports major sanctioning bodies. Be sure to come back and track your first place finishes in pork and ribs to win great prizes through the Walk-In with Smithfield incentive program. More information uh, coming soon, but once you're a Smithfield committed cook, show your Smithfield pride by hashtagging show us your Smithfield on the Facebook and on the Instagrams limited to 500 folks. So sign up early, sign up often. All right, my first guest here in the second hour can be heard each week on their podcast entitled Best Barbecue Show, where they talk, taste, and even try to cook the best barbecue in Texas. You know, I'll be broadcasting live from the NBBQA event next week, but Best Barbecue and a number of other barbecue-related podcasts will also be there. So let's learn a little bit more about the show, their background, 
and welcome in first-timers Stover Harger and Yoni Levine to the show. Boys, appreciate you uh, taking time this evening here. And everybody, everybody all right there? What's going on? I got some sound effects pulled up for you, Greg. Oh, you do? I'm ready. I got some air horn sound effects. Like I'm th- good to go. Like this? That's the uh, that's the gold standard air horn. So, in case we're going to be the ham horn. That's right, the ham horn. So, uh, all right, let me uh, get a little background on you guys first, and uh, I guess uh, Yoni, we'll start with you. The question, the burning question that everybody wants to know, uh, and this will be asked to both of you. But do you both have jaws like a bear trap and teeth like razors? May tag tongues with sensitive tasters. Uh, you know we do. Sure. We are the meat men. <laughs> uh, Yoni, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, where the love of live fire came from. Well, Greg, I mean, I've lived in Austin for a decade, and mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, little barbecue shops uh, were right around the corner from my house, so I would walk to them every day and try all different kinds of barbecue and made friends with the pitmasters, and over 10 years, you get to know a lot of them, so... I thought it was time for them to uh, to shine. You've been in Austin for 10 years. Where did you uh, transplant from? Uh, I was in upstate New York. Really? Uh, where, where, where? No one knows how to cook barbecue. Where in upstate New York? I lived in upstate New York. Rochester. Crapchester. I lived in uh, Saratoga Springs. Ooh. But that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Uh, all right. Uh, Beautiful uh, lakes and all that. Yes, the Finger Lakes. Uh, Stover, a little background on you and uh, your love of live fire. Yeah, my love of live fire comes from my love of, of cooking in general. I actually didn't know I had a love for live fire cooking until I uh, started on this show. Um, I, it sort of just came naturally to me. I've always loved food, but all of a sudden, after I moved to Austin, I was drawn specifically to barbecue. Uh, magical. So where were you? Smoke where, drove me in. Where were you transplanted from, Stover? Portland, Oregon. Oh wow, Oregon. So, uh, did, were you? Did you move to Texas for a job, or you were just kind of drawn to Texas, like uh, so many other people were, or, or Austin specifically? Yeah, you know, I visited, and one of the one of the things that happened to me when I came was I discovered Texas barbecue. When I grew up, barbecue was a hot dog, a hamburger. You know, stuff like that in the backyard. My dad would slather barbecue sauce on chicken, and that would be barbecue. Mm-hmm. So when I moved down here, you know, when I first visited, I knew I wanted to move here because that food was something else. Stover and Yoni from Best Barbecue joining me here on the show. Um, all right, uh, Yoni, tell me how, I guess, the, the concept or, you know, whose idea was it to put a show together? And I guess more importantly, before you answer that, how do you and Stover hook up in order to, to get this thing off the ground? Well, I'll answer that oh. second one, Greg. We've never hooked up. <laughs> that, uh, that's my that's my fault. I'm sorry. I, let me uh, let me rephrase that. How do you guys uh, meet and then decide that you're going to put together a show of uh, live fire? Well, we met through a mutual friend, and uh, the 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 guy who kind of put up our studio, uh, and we're hopefully planning on having more shows, but. We started with Best Barbecue because uh, I had a bunch of contacts in the area and we were ready to start recording. Uh, and it was really easy because everyone in the barbecue world is a sweetheart. 
text over from a, a conceptual standpoint, did you did it take a lot of time for you guys to come up with an idea that you think was going to work, or did it, was it pretty easy? You knew where you were at. You knew you had access to a lot of these really traditional and revered places, and you were just gonna be able to kind of walk in and, and get what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, well, we played. Well, well, he said Stover, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's be professional. This is what let's pull it together. We usually cut this stuff out of our show, but you're live. Oh, yeah. We no, this is this is other. unedited. We're stepping all over each other. We're really showing what the shit show is like. But I'll go first, and then Yoni can jump in. You know, you've done, you've done bowling, right? And where you throw it, and then there's a bunch of pins, and they fly everywhere. That's right. That's kind of how it was at the start of the show. We threw a giant bowling ball. At this uh, down this lane, and, and we were hoping that it would hit um, and see what what happened, and and it seems to be working. Now we're sort of picking up the pins and, and going back and trying the second ball. You know, you can go now, Yanni. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I just this is all stuff I wanted to know. Anyways, these are people I wanted to interview. It's really just an excuse for me to go around eat more barbecue and talk more. The people that you know, I might not have gotten in front of just being some guy in line. Uh, Yoni, you announce every show, or you talk in every show, as saying that you're, you know, looking to uh, talk, taste, and perhaps even cook the best barbecue. Uh, which, uh, of course, uh, you claim Texas is the best barbecue. I'm from Cleveland, so I have uh, no fight in who has the best barbecue, other than I just like to eat it myself, as do you guys. But um, have you been to a place that you find is your favorite or what you would consider to be? So if somebody said, hey, Yoni, I'm coming in from you know XYZ land and I want to taste the best barbecue in Texas, where are you taking somebody for that visit? Uh, if they have the time, we're going to go out to the country, eat at uh, Louis Miller and Snow's. You know, I'm at Snow's almost every Saturday with my lady. And uh, if they didn't have that much time, we'd go to some place in town like Terry Black uh, or La Barbecue, which is another favorite. You know, they're all cooking this classic, you know, good bark, uh, brisket, so sometimes chicken, sometimes sausage. Uh, but they're all doing it the traditional way, which I, I really enjoy. The Yoni. thing that me and Yoni uh, seem to really agree on is location. We love these barbecue places in Texas because it's beautiful. You're outside and the smoke is, we were just talking about today, the smoke is billowing in the air. And, and it, it's a lovely atmosphere to eat barbecue around. So we like getting out of the city. Yoni, is best barbecue... Yeah, we like going out in the country. Yeah, is, is best barbecue like your full-time job or are you like a lot of us that have day jobs and then this is something that we uh, you know hope to grow into at some point? Well, I sell real estate uh, all day. And so this is kind of my my uh, downtime, my fun, my place to be creative, uh, you know, while I'm helping Californians find homes in Austin. Stover, is, uh, is this your full-time job, or do you have uh, something else that pays the bills and Best Barbecue is a, a passionate outlet as it is for Yoni? Yeah, um, well, that, I certainly have a lot of passion uh, for it. It's the only thing I'm doing right now. You know, I'm kind of I'm like an artist, I guess. I lowered my bills to the point where I can get by, uh, and I'm I'm just cruising, buddy. <laughs> All right, so get me through like a week of concept through Best Barbecue. I mean, I'm putting in, you know, for a two-hour show, I'm probably putting in, you know, 12 to 16 hours worth of prep work between 
booking guests, outlining, getting all the video stuff up and running, the audio stuff and whatnot. Take me through a week of what it looks like putting a show together for you guys and getting it ready for upload once a week. Well, preferably, we set it up so that we get a bunch of interviews in and we can kind of trickle through all the content we have and and comment on it in the studio. Uh, But, you know, I probably put in a good 10 to 12 hours between editing and planning. Mm. Uh, And Stover is doing even more than that uh, because he's really running a lot of the Instagram. I mean, we're more than just a podcast now. Marketing on all kinds of social media, we're finding new frontiers, so we're always kind of experimenting with something new, just like uh, getting on your show and just spreading the word between all the other podcasts. Stover and Yoni talking uh, to me about their show, Best Barbecue Show, which uh, the website, by the way, is bestbarbecueshow.com, Instagram, uh, where it's really happening, at Best Barbecue uh, Stover, we've talked a number of times, uh, or uh, we haven't, but I've talked to a number of guests here on this show that are very active in social media, especially on Instagram. The guy that was just on before you guys, Mike Lang from Another Pint Please, said, hey, if you're a barbecue and a grilling guy and you're not on Instagram, you're like way out of the loop. There's a great community. There's a lot of support and feedback here. What do you think is most important from a Instagram standpoint in order to start building an audience and, and how do you grow? Like what are your key tips? Um, just be yourself personality. I mean, it sounds way too easy, but it's true. So we all have a great person in us that people want to know as proven by all our friends. So the goal of social media is to be social. So how I view it is be social, be lovely, you know, be yourself. And, and people will, you know, come to that. From a show standpoint, you guys talk to some, you've, you've had really great interviews with some of the iconic places. Um, Yoni, is there a, a singular focus on how you want to structure these interviews or are there certain things that you want to draw out of each interview uh, from a consistency standpoint so people have, if they aren't from Texas or maybe they're coming down to, to do one of those Texas trips, they have kind of a, a, an insight or a snapshot of all these iconic places. Well, it may sound repetitive sometimes in our episodes, but we ask, we like to really focus on the restaurant or the pit master or the person, but we also make sure to do two things. One is to ask them who they're looking at on Instagram, who's inspiring them, where they're eating barbecue. And so a lot of them, off try to catch other barbecue places and visit other pit masters. But two, we also, we call our fans the meat men, hashtag meat man. And so we always have a message to our fans. Uh, so they'll say, you know, focus on cooking or some will say just have fun and eat. Uh, but every, every episode we, we like to give a shout out to the meat men and let them know that, you know, they're loved and they're, that all these fit masters are ready to cook for them. We have uh, pictures of both you and Stover up on my uh, video side of things, both wearing the hashtag Meat Man t-shirt, which I was uh, proudly donning last week during my show as well, and I appreciate that shirt. Uh, Stover, where does hashtag Meat Man come from? Is this just something you guys were talking about over beers one night and threw out hashtag Meat Man, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, this is genius, it fits right into the wheelhouse, and we're going to be able to run with this? How does that come about? Well, it definitely was genius. Indeed. For sure. Indeed. But, uh, you know, really how it came about is we were discussing the show as, as we were building it. And I love 
to Google the hell out of random things to see what I find. One of those random thoughts in my brain was the word Meat Man. And I was like, I wonder if there's a song called Meat Man. So I went straight to YouTube, put that in. First thing that popped up was a Jerry Lee Lewis song. I played it for my girlfriend, now fiance, and she was like, that should be your theme song. And from there, the Meat Man thing grew. I mean, people took, took to it right away. So we threw it up as a hashtag, and the next thing we know, everyone's using it. Are, are you surprised that Jerry Lee Lewis wrote and sings a song called Meat Man? That's a bizarre song I'm if you listen he to allows it. Us to, I know it's super bizarre, and, and it's very sexual if you listen to it. <laughs> he talks about the fur on a Georgia peach, yeah, for instance. Right. It, it's a crazy song, and it's my favorite song in the world, Greg. <laughs> Uh, Yoni, is it your favorite song in the world too? <laughs> I love it. I mean, it gets me psyched up. We, uh, if you look it up on YouTube, it's like the first hit. And uh, in the beginning, he's kind of talking to the crowd, and he's like, uh, "And then I love God, and then I love women." And then he kind of pauses, and he's like, "I mean, my wife. I love my wife." And he's just he's just a he's just a fun guy. So we're we're always getting pumped. Are you are, are you ever worried that at some point, like, uh, the Jerry Lee Lewis uh, Foundation is going to come back from you guys and be like, hey, you guys have been jamming up my song for the last 185 episodes. you got to stop using that or start paying me royalties. Is there ever a fear about that, or who cares? Not only well, that, if you Greg, listen to the I show, disparage, I disparage the man constantly in the early episodes <laughs> of the show. So go back and listen to those archives because he's not a great guy. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, well, I think well documented, kind of a, a, a bad person. But uh, Yoni, what were you going to say? <laughs> oh well, if you you notice, we're actually reviewing the song every episode, <laughs> but we're not actually playing it. We're, we're talking about it and discussing its merits. So that's that's how you can as long as you're reviewing something, then you can have it as as much as you. It's just an ongoing review. Exactly. You can always find something new to pick apart with the Meat Man song, right? Exactly. All right. So uh, not only that, Greg, I want to yeah. put one one plug in for my favorite other artist, Kunani, who has another song called Meat Man that everyone should look up right now on YouTube. Right Kunani, now, Kunani, Meat Man. All right. Well, right now. Let's hold on a sec. Hold on. Wait until after Get the interview. Get off the show. Wait until after the interview, but that's all right. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> next week, uh, well, I'm going to be coming all the way to Fort Worth. I don't know how far that is from Austin because I only care about Cleveland, and that's a like three-hour plane ride for me. But the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's convention is going to be taking place. Uh, I'm going to be doing some live shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Best Barbecue will also be there along with some other barbecue-related shows that we're kind of all fanning each other at this point here over the last number of months. So uh, from a, a goals perspective or from a value perspective, uh, what is Best Barbecue looking to get out of that experience? And we can start with Yoni and then go to Stover. Well, Greg, I'm just psyched because I've really had my focus as Texas Barbecue. So I'm excited to meet that have $500 million businesses to just home pitmasters and home cooks. Uh, there's going to be a ton of people. There's so much to learn. Jess Piles has a class just on uh, beef myths. I mean, there's just this, we, we went through the schedule today and I want to just crank as much as, so that we can really show the meat men that we, we didn't waste our time. Stover, what are you looking to get out of it? Um, I, I heard they're going to cut a bunch of animals in half. 
And I'm really looking forward to seeing that uh, egregious example of barbaric uh, ritual. (laughs) That and I want to see Behind the Smoke is doing a panel, the other barbecue podcast I love. Uh, Are you going to be looking to effort interviews for your particular show? Like, are there people that you've already reached out to or... You know, big names in the industry that you're looking to, to tag up for a 15 or 20 minute interview or longer. Yeah, we're going to talk to everyone. Is there anybody like literally? Like, is, is there anybody specifically that you're looking to to like tackle and talk to? Um, yeah, I mean, Operation Barbecue Relief has been on my list for months, um, and they're getting the humanitarian award, and I've wanted to do a full episode on them for a long time. Um, so I'm really excited to meet the people involved in that for sure. Uh, Yoni, anybody that you're specifically looking to, to get on the show? I want to meet as many non-Texas barbecue people because I just, I want to hear about, you know, so your barbecue. I want to hear about hot, fast barbecue. Uh, you know, I'm excited to talk to the Traeger guys because uh, most of them are going to be there, and I'm sure they have a million ideas for the Traeger we're getting for our studio. Mm, I love Traeger. Traegers are good. Figures are good. All right. So uh, here's what you need to do. First of all, uh, head over to the Instagrams if you uh, have that. If you don't, please go to your app store on your phone and download Instagram and get on it immediately, especially if you're a live fire cook. And uh, follow at Best Barbecue. And then you can also visit the website, bestbarbecueshow.com. Subscribe to the podcast because that's the easiest way to get new episodes. Is it every uh, Monday new episodes are released over? That's right, every Monday. And I don't want to clear up uh, something right away before it gets going. The okay. last name of me is Harger, not Harger. That's right. I, I know said, we had a lot of... Uh, I said Harger, didn't I? <laughs> I said Harger, it's Harger. Uh, I, I think if we go back and review the tape, Benji, you will see that I said Harger. No! So. No! <laughs> all right, uh, so Baba uh, Bui, Baba Bui. check it out. Um, we're all going to be down there, National Barbecue and Grilling Association's conference next week. I have Yoni and Stover from Best Barbecue. Guys, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Greg. Hi! <laughs> there they are. <laughs> Hitting them with the proverbial hind right there. All Absolutely. guests appear Love. via the Traeger Grills hotline. so if you are uh, interested in some other barbecue related podcast so that's a podcast i know we had this conversation last week but this is a show that's recorded into a podcast form their show is a podcast with show in the name different but similar covering the live fire and cooking industry so uh, we'll all be out there hit us up Stover has the hair. I don't. Yoni has the stash. I don't. We're all going to be in this green room, which I'm not sure exactly where that is in the stockyards, but should be fun. All right, folks, I'll be talking to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Three different sizes to choose from currently. You have the Jim Bowie, which is the big boy. If you have a lot of food or if you're somebody that really likes to cook a lot of food all the time, Jim Bowie is definitely the one you're going to want to set your sights on. You can probably get six to eight pork butts without pans, uh, six probably in pans if you want to, multiple racks of ribs, definitely full briskets without a problem. All you have to do is fill the pellet hopper up with the Green Mountain Grill pellets, and away you go. Set your temperature. It has Wi-Fi connection capability. Download the app on your phone. You can make grill adjustments from a temperature range. You can also 
stick in that internal meat probe that comes along with it and monitor the internal temperature probes of the meat. You can take advantage of that app by setting specific cooking instructions and uh, different cloud-based opportunities, which are really going to uh, increase the efficiency. And hey, you know, we're talking with Mike Lang about it's freaking cold outside. Well, yeah, getting this app using the Wi-Fi technology allows you to stay inside a little bit more. Meanwhile, the Green Mountain Grill is doing its thing with your food, so everybody's covered. Now, maybe you're a smaller family or you don't like to cook a whole bunch of food, then you want to look at the Daniel Boone. If you're somebody who likes to camp or you really like to tailgate, want something a little bit more portable, Davy Crockett is definitely the one you're going to want to take a look at. Now, Daniel Boone in the Jim Bowie, the small and the medium one, rip the guts out of that, spend 135 bucks or whatever it is, get the pizza insert, and now you can make Neapolitan pies, you can make the thin crust pies, sits right on top of the burn pot, set the temperature. Rule of thumb, 350 degrees on the cooker, 700 degrees at the stone. So whatever temperature you're setting the cooker at, double it. That's where you're at on the stone. I prefer 310, 315. So I'm cooking right around that uh, 630 point. I don't want to burn my crust. I'll take a four-minute pie instead of a one-minute pie. But if you want the one-minute pie and you're into doing all that stuff at the super high heat, do it. You can do it. Set it to 500 degrees. God bless you. 1,000 degrees at the stone. Away you go. All right. When we come back, it's Stuart Meyer, NBBQA CEO, talking about it. We're going to be there next week. Stick around. We will be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi or cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth if you want to. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. They've actually just recently released brand new skills from Alexa, too. I have Alexa. It just fired up right here on my studio board. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232 today or visit fireboard.com. Always appreciate the support from the guys over at Fireboard. All right, helping me close the show tonight, CEO of the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. You have heard me talking about this for several weeks, this event that's going on. I just talked about it last segment, too, with the guys from Best Barbecue. I'll be there doing live shows from the venue here to talk a bit about the history of the association. Also talk about the growth over the years and what you can expect if you're going to be making the trip. Let's head over to the Traeger Grills Hotline and welcome first timer to the show, Stuart Meyer. Stuart, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How about yourself, man? Absolutely fabulous, Stuart. Appreciate you making time for the show here. Um, Before we get into the uh, NBBQA stuff specifically, a little background about you, Stuart. Are you uh, somebody that's always been in the live fire cooking industry as uh, something you got into a little bit later in life. What's up with that? Not at all. Well, first of all, Greg, I want to congratulate you on this show and thank you for everything that you do for barbecue. Yeah, thank uh, you. It's, it's great. Uh, we've been increasingly getting to know uh, you and Stover and, and Sean Walchef and all of them. And uh, I think it's just with what's going on with podcasting. It's so exciting. Y'all doing such a great job. Thank so you. 
Uh, I'm actually from barbecue. My dad, I'm from Kentucky originally. Uh, my dad had a barbecue restaurant. Uh, you know, I, some of my earliest memories of the smell of sawdust as they were building the restaurant. Uh, you know, he was he was a he was a pit master his entire life. Uh, you know, I had, grew up with smoke in my blood, so uh, it's something that he was passionate about. I was passionate about it, uh, like so many. You know, uh, it was it was time well spent together. Uh, and, uh, you know, he passed away from cancer in 2001, but, uh, you know, he, he survived his last year and, and kept his wits about him planning his next barbecue restaurant. So it's all in the family. Um, you know, I went into association management as a career. And uh, about nine years ago, uh, in the height of the economic downturn, I walked away from a uh, executive management job for an association and said, you know what, I'm going to invent my own job and I want to work doing the things I, I care about the most. And one of those things was to work in and around barbecue as much as possible to kind of return to that. Uh, so, you know, I started doing some documentary film work in barbecue, working, doing some business consulting for barbecue restaurants, uh, and uh, it evolved into a relationship that ultimately led to the opportunity uh, to help NBBQA uh, when they went through a management transition a few years ago, uh, almost three years ago, uh, and then the opportunity emerged for itself to continue my uh, experience in association management to uh, help run the association and uh, support and serve this great industry. From the NBBQA side of things, if people aren't overly familiar with it, what can you tell me about the history and what the scope or the vision is of the organization? Absolutely. Well, the National Barbecue and Grilling Association is just a phenomenal community of people. Uh, you know, our members, those that are involved, it is a small community. We all know the barbecue world around this country is a small community. Uh, but we were founded back in 1991 uh, in North Carolina. Uh, so uh, we've been around ever since. As a, We are a not-for-profit 501c6 uh, business league trade association. Uh, so, you know, our mission really is to grow, expand, and promote uh, both the lifestyle and the barbecue and grilling industry, and uh, you know we you know look to the competition organizations as sort of our sibling organizations out there, uh, but we focus on every facet of the barbecue and grilling industry from the backyard to the boardroom, as I like to say, uh, you know from anyone who competes in the sport of barbecue to those who do it part time, catering restaurants, food trucks, trailers, uh, anyone in the food service side, anyone in the distributor supplier side of food. We work really closely with the protein organizations. Uh, pork Board, Cattlemen's Association, uh, the manufacturers, accessories, grills, uh, the Webers, the Traegers of the world, the, the Cheerwines of the world, which is one of the greatest things. They're our official soft drink, but uh, it gives me an excuse to uh, to enjoy something I've liked for a very long time. Um, so basically, our goal is to, to create networking opportunities, uh, to sh sh help shape standards, uh, and, and continue to develop the next generation uh, to continue this great American legacy. I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, still striking with the fire hot right now. And, and, and our goal is to continue to elevate that growth as we move forward uh, to support it, to support businesses to be more su successful, uh, to bring people together uh, and, and do what we like to say, succeed faster and make fewer mistakes along the way, which is really what trade associations, professional associations are all about. Um, you know, and our, and our themes for the, the conference this year, what I Am Barbecue 2018 is fuel your fire and fuel your future. Uh, because when we look at what happens is is we really add fuel uh, to people's pursuits, whether they're just trying to be better in the backyard or whether they're trying to become the, the next big thing. 
Stuart Meyer joining me here on the show, President and CEO of the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. The website, nbbq8.org and the imbbq2018.com if you want to check those out here while we're talking. Is this uh, an organization that is really geared more towards a restaurant owner or a barbecue supply store or uh, a pit or grill manufacturer, or is it for somebody like me that's just kind of a backyard warrior? That's a great question. And and over the last three years, one of the things that we've worked to do, uh, when, I, when I arrived on the scene, one thing that I noticed is that everything the association was doing was on one big crowded runway, uh, to use an analogy. And, and, and you know, one of the things I quickly said, we represent all facets of the industry, like I say, from the backyard to the boardroom. So we need to create runways for all of these different segments uh, because they all have their unique nuances. Uh, so we created in my first year the, a series of special interest groups, which were to become sub-communities within the association for networking, for publications, for education. Uh, and as we continue to move along to help shape that area of the industry more, uh, we have a food truck operator. SIG. We have an events and vending special interest group, which SIG is just the acronym for it. We have a product and supplier SIG. We have a restaurant and catering SIG. We have a branding and marketing SIG. Uh, we and uh, you know on and on and on. We have a competition barbecue SIG, and those are all run by volunteer chairs um, uh, from folks throughout the industry, and they come together regularly uh, for conference calls. Uh, we have each of them have publications. We'll be having SIG breakout sessions down in Fort Worth, and as we. Can and see, continue to see those evolve. Um, you know, it's amazing what happens when you bring barbecue people together with shared interests. And you know, I'll use an example. We just had our bi-monthly food truck operators special interest group call the other day, uh, and Man, uh, Mary Dunn and Dan Moran from the Jersey Devil Barbecue Food Truck. Uh, they're the chairs of that now, co-chairs. Uh, Craig Kimmel had been uh, the chair of it for a number of years. But you know, one of the things we spent the time talking about was breaking food trucks down to their individual components and shaping our educational agenda uh, on, on how we can further develop those that are looking to get into food trucks or those who are already in it are looking to elevate what they do. So, you know, we zeroed in on fabricators. We zeroed in on the manufacturers of the trucks. You know, we zeroed in on ergonomics. Uh, we zeroed in on food safety, working with commissaries, breaking all of those issues down to their fundamental components so that we can continue to, to educate provide opportunities to to get answers and, and get people uh, going in a good positive direction to nurture those areas of the industry. You know, uh, in the backyard is our incubator. The competition world is our industry's incubator. Uh, I was in Georgia uh, just a couple of weeks ago for the Dilly Dally and the Dooley down in Vienna, Georgia. And uh, it was great. And it's funny, uh, I, I humbly have been trying to get our I Am Barbecue podcast up and going. We're capturing a lot of content right now. Sean Walchef and Stover and Yoni, and a lot of them are involved in it. Angela Kevney is the chair of our branding marketing SIG, and they're, they've got a committee together. Uh, but talking to these competitors, I loved it. You know, I love being in and around uh, our members and the barbecue people because, you know, One's, you know, they've got a part-time catering business. They're looking to go full-time. You know, one has, a, you know, another has a restaurant. Others are looking to to monetize this. I think for people who are passionate about this industry, uh, you know, the dream is to make a living around in and around barbecue, um, which isn't always as easy as it might be in other industries because. What makes barbecue great is also what makes it so tough uh, in terms of your and, and business pursuits and uh, and 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 coming out and. Uh, you know, getting it right. So, uh, Stuart, what's the current membership like at MBBQA? 
Uh, we have about 620 business members. Uh, our total database reach is about 4,000. Um, you know, our primary publications go up into to 10 to 11,000. So there's many different touch points of engagement. Uh, you know, in the association world, when we look at what what associations do, it used to be uh, you know, members and only members, and it was for the members. But because of this digital world that we live in and, and professionals like you that are really shaping and, and, and blazing the trail for barbecue digital media is that our stakeholder groups and our customers, our uh, our members are customers, but not all of our customers are members. Um, so we have our membership base and then we have our broader customer base that we're, we're constantly reaching out to uh, doing new things. You know, one of the exciting things that we're going to be rolling out down in uh, Fort Worth at I Am Barbecue 2018 next week, uh, we have an industry partner advisory council. And these are representatives from a lot of the familiar brands and companies, uh, you know, the Ace Hardwares of the world, the Webers, uh, all the way down to some of the, the new upstarts. Uh, I think of folks like um, uh, Dave Pulvermark with Matrix Products with the Wise Temp System. Uh, that he's coming along. He's. I, I guess I got enough gray hair. I can say he's. He's a young kid, but he's really smart and uh, full of ambition in terms of what we're doing. But you know, really examining the state of the barbecue and grilling industry through the eyes of consumers. Um, there's going to be a lot of interesting findings uh, that we find through that that we'll be reporting. Uh, but you know, really focusing in on. Uh, cultivating that and, and serving both our members, but serving the industry and being a voice for the association. Um, I agree with you. There's a lot of people who are, who are still figuring out who we are, even though we've been around for 27 years. But I think, you know, with, with the leadership of our president, Mark Lambert, the board of directors, um, we're really on the right strategic pathway uh, uh, to continuing to, to grow and elevate to a point where, uh, you know, first of all, it's, it's an open door and a family that anyone who cares about barbecue wants to come into. But even more so, we're doing the work that we need to to advocate, protect, and continue to advance uh, this lifestyle in our industry. Stuart Meyer joining me here on the show. Uh, Stuart, about a week away, just a little bit more than this convention kicking off. For folks that might be heading down there or they're just kind of tuning into the show, learning about it and saying, hey, you know, maybe I'll stop by for a day or two. Do you have to buy a full boat you know, three-day pass, or can you buy day-to-day -day pass? How does admission work, and, and is there admission available still? Right, absolutely. And uh, uh, by the way, your green room is a pretty cool place. I heard you talking about that before we went on. Yeah. So it's a secret place. It's a secret room right behind the bar, so you're in a great oh, spot. Oh, look out. We got you taken care of. Nice. We got you set up for that. Great. Uh, yeah, no, the, the conference kicks off next Wednesday. Um, in the morning, we have a barbecue tour uh, that, that's going to hit a few of the barbecue restaurants in the area. Uh, it's not just about eating. It's about a lot of our restaurant members going and seeing the operations. So basically, you can buy a full registration, which is going to get you uh, you know, the full conference, which the, the business side of the conference is predominantly – our welcome reception Wednesday through Thursday and Friday, where we have tracks of programs focusing on the various facets of the industry and business, depending on what business you're in, as well as lots of outdoor cooking activities. You can buy a full registration. You can buy a daily registration for those first two and a half days. And then on Saturday, 
we, we continue the business sessions, but one of the great traditions that I love so much about this association and for the last two years we've really uh, uh, elevated to a higher level is uh, our public day. Mm-hmm. And our public day is, is, is an event that is a ticketed event that gives uh, sort of the local and regional barbecue fans and, and backyard warriors an opportunity to come out uh, to connect with a lot of the stars within our industry. Uh, you know, folks like uh, Myron Mixon will be down with us this year. Chris Lilly uh, is coming back with us this year. We're actually going to be live streaming Saturday. So the last two years, we've done what we called our barbecue bash. And that was like a little food festival. It was really cool because we had last year, we had 21 dream teams that are all captained by people like Ray Lampy, uh, Mo Kason, Tuffy Stone, uh, Myron, Chris Lilly, uh, Diva Q, and on and on and on. So people could buy a ticket. Each of those teams were given a protein, and, and it wasn't a head-to-head competition. It wasn't a sanctioned competition, but you know, uh, one team may have been cooking a strip steak. One team may have been cooking brisket. You know, the Black's Barbecue family were doing short ribs. So each different team was cooking something different. So the public comes in, the public are the judges, because they can go around and sample everything, and then they would just simply put a ticket in the coffee can of what their favorites were. Mm. We, would, we would add up the number of tickets and then we'd have a fun people's choice award uh, for the top three places um this that in the last two years those had sold out have been super successful so we had gotten to the point where you know let's not just feed them uh let's actually make them part of this conference so saturday is our barbecue and grilling academy um so there's still going to be the opportunity to to eat and enjoy um, uh, barbecue, but we have a chock full day mm. of sessions at the River Ranch Stockyards down in, uh, in in Fort Worth. And tickets are available on Eventbrite for ninety nine dollars for the full day. Uh, we go from nine a.m. to four p.m. Uh, and we're super excited about that because we're having indoor and outdoor sessions uh, covering everything from from proteins, becoming smarter about proteins, to different cooking styles and cooking techniques. Uh, the uh, the Barbecue Academy is presented by our new partner, Ace Hardware, who's the official retailer of the association. Uh, we've got a main stage outdoor. Um, Kitchen Ambush is going to be there. We're doing live streaming programming. Um, on Saturday, uh, that's going to show a lot of those sessions. You know, Traeger's going to do a big master session. Weber's going to be doing a big master session. Uh, Ace is one of their grill masters. Uh, Jason Morris is going to be there doing a special session. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have meet the master session with, uh, you know, people like uh, t- like Myron and and uh, Kent Black's going to be doing a session. Uh, the Black's Barbecue family out of Lockhart, Texas, down there. So, uh, really, you can customize your experience whether you want to come for the Republic Day, whether you want to come for the whole conference, whether you want to come for one day of the conference. Uh, it's just wall to wall barbecue, fellowship, learning, friendship, and everything that makes our industry and our lifestyle great. The IMBBQ 2018 conference taking place next week, the 14th through the 17th. And I'm being joined by Stuart Meyer, the CEO of National Barbecue and Grilling Association. Stuart, really appreciate the time tonight and look forward to seeing you next week. Greg, I can't wait to see you. We look forward to seeing everyone out there who's coming down. Uh, if not, take t- check us out on Facebook Live on Saturday for that live stream. And uh, Greg, thanks so much for the opportunity to come on and, and be part of this great show. You got it. Thanks so much for doing it. There he is. Take care. Stuart Meyer from the National Barbecue All and Grilling Association. the Trigger Grills Hotline. That's right. So he uh, did a very good job selling that. If you're going to be around the area or if you just want to check out that Saturday session, 99 bucks. Not too bad to see all the big stars out there cooking it up for the Grilling Academy. 
You mentioned Traeger. You can see them uh, right there. Traeger Wood-Fired Grills, leader in the industry, giving you a couple different product lines to choose from the Pro Series. So if you're just thinking about getting into pellet cooking, you've heard all of the wubba-doo, 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 and you want to jump into the wood pellet-fired industry, Traeger Pro Series, three different lines or three different models to choose from there. Great price points, a lot of good tech on there. Then if you find out that, hey, I really love pellet cooking, or maybe you already know you love pellet cooking, so you want to get into the upper echelon of Traegers. I know it's echelon, by the way. Relax. If you want to get in the upper echelon, you want to look at the Timberline series from Traeger, the 850, the 1300, 1300 being the biggest one. 850, very popular. That also has a incredible cooking capacity as well. But if you are looking for the biggest and the baddest, 1300 is definitely the one you want to get. They have the uh, the live fire Wi-Fi situation everybody's talking about. Totally cloud-based stuff. Great capacity, unique design. It's got that magnetic cutting board that goes on top of the hopper. Some really nice value adds that you don't even really understand how cool they are until you get it. You start using it, realize fit, finish, and functionality is top of the line. The thing that I find most appealing about this is the fact that, A, you have a super smoke setting, which I believe is kind of uh, an exclusive in the industry. You know, the notorious knock on pellet cookers is, well, the wood smoke is a little light. Well, Timberline's taking care of that with the super smoke. Also... What is what we talk about, especially like on stick burners or some of these other things? Clean smoke, the sweet blue. That's a signal of a clean burning fire. Well, Traeger has come up with this uh, burning and combustion system that is circulating fresh blue smoke from the top of the chamber. Then it's being drawn down over the meat, and then it's actually exhausted out of the back. You're not going to see a traditional chimney. You will see a traditional chimney on the Pro Series. But on the Timberline series, you won't see like a smokestack that you think you might or you think you should be seeing. There's vents on the back, so it combusts, the smoke goes up, rolls over the top of the food, it's exhausted out the back. So it's continually getting that fresh, sweet blue smoke infused in that meat or fish or whatever it is that you're cooking on those Timberlines. So here's what you do. You visit TraegerGrills.com. That's TraegerGrills.com. See what they're all about. Get a dealer or check us out at the NBBQA next week. Stick around. We'll be wrap, uh, back to wrap the show right after this. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. Uh, thanks again to Stuart Meyer for joining me here on the show. Uh, we will go ahead and race on right out of here all the way back in the first hour. We tried to talk to Tim Shear, but no. He ran late with some guy named Chad. I don't know what that means, but I'll get to the bottom of that. Then we talked to Mike Lang from Another Pint, Please. We talked about outdoor cold weather grilling tips and some outside-the-box grilling items like lobster poutine. Yeah. Then the second hour, we talked to the hosts of Best Barbecue, Yoni Levine and Stover Harger the third. Check the tapes, Benji. Stover Harger. 
And we close it out with Stuart Meyer, CEO of National Barbecue and Grilling Association. Uh, There will be a live show here from the home studio Tuesday, and then we're off to Texas Wednesday for live shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.